You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, a weekly podcast that brings the humanities to today's food dialogue by showcasing everyday people trying to make a difference. This show is part of the series, Back to the Future. I share stories of family farmers, conservationists, and artisans who spend their lives conserving agri-food traditions in hope for a simpler world. Today, we're speaking with Susan Lester Ryan, co-owner of Lester's Farm Market in Newfoundland, about visits to the pumpkin patch and fall traditions on the farm. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Absolutely a delight to have you here today. Susan, it's fall and spice lattes and apple picking and pumpkins are all around us. First though, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your family's farm market. Sure. Um, so I come from a long line of farmers. I'm a sixth generation farmer. Both of my parents were from farming families. Uh, Newfoundland is a pretty small place. So they were only about a stone throw away from each other. And I can actually still see my, my mom's farm when I'm looking in some of our back fields. So we're a, a pretty close knit family when it comes to farming. And really, we are where we are today because of my mom. My mom's name is Mary. She's still very active in farming. My mom always talks about how she was walking through the fields and seeing these lovely, gorgeous heads of fresh lettuce. She knew that they tasted different. So my mom um, got sick of people not realizing the difference of taste. So she took a table to the side of the road um, and here we are today. So she started with a small table on the side of the road. We still have some of those customers back from the early 90s, late 80s that still come to us today. And it went from being just my mom and my dad to now myself and two of my brothers are also here. This is our bread and butter. We grow about 100 different varieties of fruits and vegetables, and we do a lot of other things. We're really big into the fall, which we'll talk more about that today, of course. Uh, we basically try to have it so that there is so many things for people to come and do here on the farm, make family traditions that we know we love growing up as kids on the farm. So we try to share that experience with our customers as well. Wonderful, wonderful background. So you're coming from the market today as we record this. So busy, you've got a moment away and a, and a growing and booming farm. Our show airs across Canada. And so we like to hear what's happening right across the nation. So how has this season been in Newfoundland? What's what's happening in your area that farmers and families across the nation might not know about, but that you'd like to tell us? So this year starting off for us, uh, it was pretty cold. It was pretty late getting into the ground. Again, we're lucky that we do have so many greenhouses and cold frames. We start a lot of our plants, including our pumpkins. Uh, we'll start them by seed in our greenhouses, and then we will transplant them out afterwards. Growing a new plant certainly keeps you on your toes. Um, <laughs> what works one year doesn't work the next year. What works one week might be totally different for the next week. But that's it. You just have to constantly be innovative and creative and stay on top of you know, the current best practices for growing. Um, and my brothers do an excellent job with that. So it was a late start, then it kind of picked up. So things kind of, um, it turned around for the better. So, you know, when one crop is succeeding, there's another crop that might need some extra care. And that's just the way our season goes. Right. It's like your stock portfolio. You want to diversify you know, to get the greatest returns. And same thing when growing vegetables and running a farm, you've got to see what the season brings you. You mentioned pumpkins. And so we're all things pumpkins on this show, in addition to family farming. And they're part of fall. It's their iconic. And it's something that we really look forward to. So I'm wondering, though, how long does it take to grow a pumpkin from seed to harvest in normal conditions? 
We started harvesting our pumpkins around mid-September this year. So they went in the ground around June 20th, 22nd. So they started to show their color late August. And uh, yeah, we started harvesting about close on 15 to 20 days ago now. So Wow. Well, it, it's amazing that from a seedling to a pumpkin on some of the sizes of pumpkins we have, that it's really such a short, a short period that mother nature is really, you know, growing and helping and all of the farmers helping that happen. It, it mm -hmm. really is amazing. So what are the most popular varieties of pumpkins? Of course, we use them for many reasons, but what are the ones that really people are disappointed if they don't have them at Lester's Farm Market? Well, I think over the past few years, um, with something that people um, are starting to enjoy more and more each year, uh, a lot of people are really into decorating for their home. So they're getting the hay bale, the corn stalks, the gourds, not just one pumpkin, but a pumpkin and maybe little tiny buddies. Or because we have a variety of different pumpkins, um, a lot of people are getting one of each or they want to kind of stack them up. And the displays that we see from our customers, they send along some pictures sometimes or they come in with a picture on their phone. It's very picturesque. It's almost uh, Pinterest worthy, honestly, of what they put together. It's uh, it's pretty neat to see what people do and all their different kind of own personal designs or, you know, their own kind of taste. It's It's nice to see. And it's fall fair season. And we love our fall fairs. They celebrate rural quality of life. It's a time of coming together and showcasing things. At my local fair, we have a pumpkin competition. So both the decorating okay. and, and then the growing size. What's the biggest pumpkin you've ever seen? We've tried to grow giant pumpkins, the Atlantic giant pumpkins here. And unfortunately, we always get tied up with other things. And then they're kind of just a side note. Um, it is a goal of my mom's to grow the biggest pumpkin she can um, while she is still here. So every year we do try to put in some <laughs> giant pumpkins just for her. Uh, last year, I think we grew one that was close on 90 pounds. So oh, we're getting there. Wow. We're getting there. Oh, I'm sure your community is really grateful for that. And farmers do help farmers. You know, it's, it's not this, um, you know, every, yes, sometimes we're competitive, we're producing the same, you know, commodity or what have you, but at, at the core, farms are thankfully run by families and families are helping each other across the nation, even when there's a pumpkin shortage, because not a lot made it all the way to harvest. So we've been talking a little bit about pumpkins and decoratings. It's jack-o'-lantern season coming up in the next month or so. I'm wondering, what's the scariest jack-o'-lantern you've ever seen? Oh, I mean, I just feel like these days carving pumpkins isn't just the traditional triangles with the mouth <laughs> right. and the teeth right um people have really amped up their carving skills and their abilities and even just um painting them or um but i did see one here that they actually have a contest here and they used to work here on the farm every year they have a theme and last year i think it was villains and they did a superb job of creating these Disney villains. And uh, again, you would never say that it was a pumpkin when you look at it. And so they do an excellent job. And there's so many people that, like I said, do more than just the triangles now. Not that there's anything wrong with the triangles. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the classics. Um, but right. The classics yes, are always exactly. welcome. But these new ones, these Disney villain jack-o'-lanterns, how it's just so exciting. And what is the um, pumpkin season like for you? You have the harvest, you have the visits to the patch. What's going on on the farm um, during pumpkin season? So we really love fall time here on the farm. As I mentioned, we've had customers with us since uh, my mom started with a table on the side of the road. And now we have people who came here as kids themselves, now bringing their families. So um, it's really interesting to see, and it's really, I guess, heartwarming to see 
here on the farm, uh, we try to do everything pumpkin. And uh, we do have an agritourism area, so what we call our field of fun. In that area, we will line everything with pumpkins. We'll make a pumpkin path everywhere. We just put together a uh, pumpkin maze, so it's a big pumpkin made out of little pumpkins for people to enjoy. We have our corn maze, which everyone loves to come and enjoy as well. Uh, we have a giant slide that we hill up with pumpkins all over it. We have Straw Wars as well, which is a spinoff of Star Wars. <laughs> Straw um, Wars. <laughs> yeah, so it's... It's, uh, it's yeah, great yeah. for people of all ages. The weekends here, we try to have as much fun as possible. We, uh, we do have a super special day where we have, uh, it's called our Pumpkin Fest. Uh, since 2001, we've paired up with uh, local programs here uh, who put an emphasis on giving back to kids, which of course are the heart and soul of our visitors. What we'll do for those days, we donate the proceeds from our Field of Fun admission to them. And uh, we've raised over $320,000 over the wow. past three years. That's that's spectacular. Yeah. yeah that's so what we do on that day is we have, again, everything pumpkin. We'll have kids contests. Like a, uh, We even have a hot pepper contest for adults, which uh, is very amusing to watch, to say the least. And uh, yeah, it's just a great day for people to come on out and kind of give back to the community while also just having the big sense of community around the farm. So a lot of fun, a lot of happy memories, a lot of traditions, real community sense is what we're talking about today and all the ways we really enjoy each other and it come together for things like you had said, also fundraising and really doing good by having fun. So what was one of your happiest memories? You've been doing this a while and it clearly means so much to you and your family. What's some of the happiest times on the farm you've had in the pumpkin patch? I guess the biggest thing for me, so I grew up on the farm, although I know that it wasn't always easy. I can never remember a time when it, oh, here comes fall. It's always, here comes fall um, yeah. with my family. So um, I guess just having that perspective from my parents and my older brothers, um, it, it's hard work, but it's rewarding work. Um, and now getting to see my son uh, enjoy it. You know, you can see how much he loves coming to the farm. He loves walking around with the pumpkins. I have a little niece as well, who's uh, six, she's almost seven. Uh, and she loves coming to the farm. It's her farm. She loves it. She loves talking about it. So, you know, just having that sense of how proud they are of it. Um, I think that will always be one of my favorite memories. Yeah, that intergenerational family farming, that there's something special about it. And I, I absolutely understand. And I know many listeners um, will understand that as well across the nation. So thank you very, very much for sharing that. And I can definitely hear the sincerity in your voice as you describe it and wanting to align to it because it is something unique and special in the human experience. So that's absolutely lovely. One last question, then we have to go to break. Do you have a favorite pumpkin recipe? Well, I really like anything pumpkin. My mom makes a wonderful pumpkin pie with our own pumpkins. Mm. Um, she only does it a few times a year because, of course, it is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a task to bake the pumpkin, take the pulp out. But I absolutely love my mom's pumpkin pies. And then we also do make some pumpkin milkshakes here, too, throughout the season on our ice cream counter. Yum. And we'll all look forward to our fall recipes uh, in our own families with our own traditions and special recipes uh, in our communities across Canada. Thanks so much, Susan. After the break, we'll discuss the importance of fall traditions on the farm with Susan Lester Ryan from Lester's Farm Market in Newfoundland. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. 
Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. You're listening to Food for the Future. We're speaking with Susan Luster Ryan about fall traditions and family farming. Susan, before the break, we heard about how much the family farm not only means to your family, but your community. And fall is really a farmer's time to shine. It's harvest. It's a special time. Family farmers helping others celebrate fall to create their traditions, all the things we talked about before break. What would you like listeners to know about your life's work? Hmm, I guess you don't choose to go into farming because you want something easy. Um, (laughs) Nothing about farming (laughs) is easy. Um, Whether you are directly on the farm farming or you have you're married to a farmer, that's a whole other story, too. Um, Or (laughs) but you work in the agriculture industry. Um, Things are constantly changing. You if you want to be successful, you need to be not critical of yourself, but you do need to constantly evolve yourself. So you're you're never really comfortable. Uh, You never really get to settle in because once you do, you're already behind. Yeah. So if if farming is your your career, it's your lifestyle. It's not a nine to five. Uh, It's not a Monday through Friday in harvest season. uh, This is your call. This is your calling. So um, my brothers who take care of the fields, outside looking in, uh, we always hear our customers and our visitors saying that it looks so calm, it looks so peaceful, everyone looks like they're having a great time. And it's like, awesome. I'm so happy that we are able to make you feel like that when you're here, because sometimes you feel like a duck, as in you're calm on top and you're pedaling like mad underneath <laughs> the water. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot that goes into every single aspect of farming, um, right down to the planning of what seed is going in, what time that seed is going in, to um, where it's being planted, when it's being harvested, everything. There is so much that goes into every single aspect. And again, when you're coming to visit, it's always good to kind of chat to the farmers, the staff that are here or wherever you're visiting, um, get to know where it is. You know, it's so easy. I know life is so busy these days to just kind of make a quick stop, pick up things you need and go, but get to know the process of it so that you can appreciate it. Grow your own things at home too, so that you can see the work that has to go into it. And, you know, you don't need a big backyard to grow things. You can grow things in a, in a little posh on your patio. So, um, growing things is, one of the hardest, but also most rewarding things that you can ever do. And if you get to make a lifestyle out of it um, and you enjoy it, it, you know, it's just phenomenal. It's one of those feelings that yes, it's hard work, but very rewarding work. Yeah, it's where happiness is. So Mm -hmm. it's so rewarding. I couldn't agree with you more. Susan, this show is part of the Back to the Future series where we look at traditions in agri-food. And why should we continue to have visits to pumpkin patches located on family farms? Well, first and foremost, you're going right to where the pumpkins are grown. Um, You're getting to talk to the farmers, understand how things are grown, why things are grown. And plus, it's just an overall better experience. It's an authentic experience um, going to the farm. You're giving directly back to the farmer. It's something that you and your family really will enjoy and create more of a tradition out of it, too. So, again, we have people coming here of all ages. We have people who show us the pictures of their kids from here's their first pumpkin patch visit. You know, they're just in a little onesie, dressed up in their costume, whatever it may be. (laughs) 
The next year, they're sitting up with a pumpkin. The year after that, they might be standing, carrying around pumpkins. And now this kid is probably 10 or 15. They might not like us seeing all the photos because they're like, you know, come on, <laughs> right? Mom, seriously. Too cool for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, those people are able to actually spend time as a family on the firm. So yeah, you're just getting that time to pause, enjoy it, and uh, make an experience out of it with your family. Yeah, pause and enjoy life on the farm and pumpkin patches in the fall. Really well said. This shows food for the future. What can we do right now to help build a brighter way forward together? So again, I think it goes back to supporting our local farmers, um, not just in the fall time, but year round. And that means getting to know your growing season that you are living around. Um, now, there might be some things like for us, we will probably never be able to grow bananas or avocados here at Newfoundland on a production scale. I know some people can grow avocados in their homes, but um, production-wise, just doesn't make sense. I think a brighter way is a more supportive way to your farmers. So get out there in the fall time. I know it's busy once we go back to school and every, all the extracurriculars are starting up again, but kind of carve out some time that you can go to the farmer's market in your area and stock up on things like your broccoli, your cauliflower that are in season right now in late summer and find ways to preserve them, freeze them, bottle them, because then you can still eat local year round. Um, yeah, I think we kind of need to change our mindset as to how we eat in order to support the farmers as well. So support them when they're in season um, and that might mean that you might have to support multiple farmers, and that is more than okay. Um, something that we grow um, down the road, if there if there was a closer farmer, um, you know, they might have something totally different. Um, in the larger areas where farming is more popular, um, you know, there might be someone who grows strawberries but doesn't grow blueberries. So then you can hop down and grab some blueberries from the other farmer. So you know, that's a great way to support. Um, the local farmers while, while also understanding your season around you. Okay, a brighter future includes understanding the season around you, where the farmers are, what they have to offer, and finding a way to eat locally. Even Thank you so much, Susan. Are there any further thoughts you'd like to share before we finish off today? This is an excellent conversation. I think that you're covering a lot of the things that uh, are really close and near to not only my heart, but a lot of other farmers' hearts as well. Um, I think there's so much out there. Everything is at your fingertips now these days um, with your phone. You can research anything, you can Google anything, which is fantastic. But I think it's also very important that you get out and actually speak to people or follow those farmers' pages and get to know what they're saying, get to know their products. Um, don't make an assumption on anything. Um, there's a lot of big and scary words out there that, um, yeah, from outside looking in, uh, you know, once you get to like um, organic versus conventional farming, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. So if you have questions, just ask. Um, most farmers are very open to um, their practices and why they do what they do. And once you have those conversations or understand, oh, this is why they can't grow X, Y, Z in this month, um, you know, it will open up your eyes. And again, it's a better understanding is a better world for everyone, too. Wonderful. Better understanding is a better world. I want a t-shirt of that. And I really will have to credit you for that. Better understanding is a better world. That's that's absolutely beautiful, Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much for our delightful conversation today. 
I I love fall as well. And I'm even more excited to get to my local pumpkin patch and get out and pick my apples and get all my fall produce and speak to the farmers again this season. And I'm just so happy that you were here and, sh- and talking about your special recipes. And I can't wait to make my own this fall. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, it was a great conversation and I'm happy to share anything we can uh, when it comes to farming here in Newfoundland. Thank you so much, Susan. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Susan Lester Ryan from Lester's Farm Market in Newfoundland about visits to the pumpkin patch and fall traditions on the farm. Each week to keep old and new agri-food traditions growing in your community, we leave you and your family or friends with something to talk about or something to do. Something to talk about, how could you decorate or bake with pumpkins this season? Something to do, visit lesterfarmmarket.com to learn more about one farming family's local traditions for global encouragement. Next week on the show, we return to the monthly series, Food for Thought. We'll hear big ideas about World Food Day coming up on October 16th. This year's theme is about water, life, and helping each other. And we'll hear from Jocelyn Brown-Hall, the Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization for North America. Don't miss a show. Subscribe on Curious Cast and all other major podcast platforms. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to the weekly podcast, Food for the Future. Thank you to our Platinum Elite Level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts.